Hi there, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. My name is Sherry, my pup's name is Sunny, and we're training to be an animal-assisted counseling team. You are listening to the Therapy Dog Talk podcast, the show that interviews past, present, and future therapy dog teams about how they're making an impact in their communities. Today we're talking with Katie about her experiences volunteering with her Maltese therapy dogs at Phoenix Children's Hospital in Arizona. We'll discuss why Katie began volunteering as an escort for other therapy animal teams before bringing her own dogs, what she and her dogs enjoy the most about volunteering together, and what questions you might want to ask before getting started. Before we hop in, if you're just getting started on your therapy dog journey and feeling a bit lost, I've put together a free guide for you, which you can find on my website at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. Without further ado, meet Katie, Coco, and Cece. Hi, Katie. Hi. How are you? Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Is that Coco or Cece? This one is Cece. (laughs) Cece. Hi. She's like, Mom, what are we doing? (laughs) This one's Coco. Good girl. Oh, so cute. What's your trick to telling the difference between the two of them? Coco has a shorter snout. And her hair, if you just touch her, Coco's fur is probably 10 times softer and fluffier than Cece's. Well, Katie, for those who don't know you, would you like to introduce yourself and your pups to us? Yeah, my name is Katie Lochner, and I am from Scottsdale, Arizona. This is Cece. (laughs) Hi, Cece. She's five years old. She's the younger one. Okay. And then this one's Coco. She's also five, but she's seven months older than Cece. Okay. And the three of us volunteer at Phoenix Children's Hospital. That's awesome. How long have you been doing that? I've started in November of 2018, and then Coco started, I want to say, April of 19. Okay. You'll forward to see if that's something that I wanted to do with my dogs, or I just did it. Okay, so you volunteer without your dogs first just to kind of understand what it was going to be like, get comfortable with the environment. Yes. That's great. You hear chatter and you never know like if someone's saying something completely wrong or or right, and I just wanted to make sure that it would be a good fit for – first it was obviously it was Coco, and then when we got Cece, then when she was old enough to test out, then we did her, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I think that's so smart because it can be really overwhelming to get used to the environment and the whole concept at the same time as your dog's experiencing it for the first time. So that's really smart. Yeah. People have said like sometimes little kids can like pull at your dogs or hit your dogs. And I'm like, oh my gosh. No way. <laughs> and then when I was in it, I was like, oh, absolutely not. That would never happen. I would, I can see, I can feel the room. I see a kid sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to do a standing whole visit, you know? Yeah. When I can tell that it's a little bit different, then maybe we shouldn't put Coco on the lap of a child. (laughs) Yeah, that's great that you sorted that out. Well, I know from talking to Cheyenne and Tiana, as well as who else is there? Tracy with her cats, Roger and Sal, that there's an amazing therapy dog community there in Phoenix. How did you first find out about therapy dogs? I'm not even sure. I think it's because in 2018, my youngest 
went to college, even though she's locally in college, I was like, I wanted to volunteer. So I wanted to volunteer at Phoenix Children's. That was always like my goal. And then they make you go through this online training and they talk about the different departments you can train in. And they had talked about the pet therapy. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. Like I wanted, and Coco was still a little puppy. She wasn't old enough to volunteer at that moment. That's when I decided to do that and move forward with getting into the pet therapy. But just, I did the escorting side. That's what we do at Phoenix Children's. So you have your handler, your dog or cat, and then you have an escort assistant that goes into the room with you and helps you. So I started out in that department, checking it out and seeing if it was something I wanted to do. And then also working on Coco, training her towards going through the testing process through pet partners. Okay. What was her training process like for you? Coco was super easy. She will do anything for her food. She's super smart. She loves to do tricks and her commands. She's a different breed of all together. I always say she's part human. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. CC was a bit harder to train. I couldn't quite do her right at one. I had to wait a little bit longer just to work with her. Um, you know, her commands, especially like staying and sitting and the neutral dog. Cece's still a little bit reactive. Coco could care less about another dog. She does not care about either. <laughs> It's all about the people for her, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Did anything surprise you in that training journey with them? Well, just how easy Coco was to train. I was getting ready to like work with trainers and, you know, get her in classes and everything. She just did it. And I was like, okay, that's easy. Yeah. What did you really notice during that time that let you know that they would enjoy volunteering with you? Well, when we got Coco, she was just so, her personality or temperament was so sweet and calm, even as a little itty bitty puppy. I mean, of course, yeah, she's a playful puppy, but she was just so good and so sweet. And I was like, I think she'd be really good at doing something like working with kids. Yeah. yeah. It was her personality. She's so sweet. I love that so much. Carson Conquers Cancer asked a question and wanted to know what makes you want to volunteer? And they said, by the way, we're so grateful that you do. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I don't know. Like I just wanted something else to do. I volunteered a lot with my kids, even through their high school times. I am, you know, taking the unofficial photographer for their dance team and just always being and doing things for the school that needed a and then they were all gone. And so I was like, all right, I need to do something. And I was like, all right, I'll just, you know, I've always done things through PCH, but it was more like giving donations or going to events that they put on like galas and stuff like that. And I was like, I work in the hospital. I want to do something that I personally get back. Yeah. That's how I got started. And my kids were older. And so I had a little extra time to do things. I love that. Has there been an experience during your time volunteering there where you've been like, this is why I'm doing this? Any stories that stand out to you? I mean, Carson's the perfect example. You know, we met them on a random day, you know, just a normal day going in. A lot of times I'm on the cancer floor with the kiddos. So I didn't even connect the dots between, I guess the first visit was with Coco. And then the second time that I saw her was with Cece and, you know, she had lost her hair. And I don't necessarily remember everyone's names because we go through so many rooms. And, you know, after a while, the people's names stick if they're there long enough. But then the mom posted or somebody posted and tagged us. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And she was just so sweet. And I remember I remember putting Cece on the pillow. She was laying down and Cece was like up by her face. And she was so cute. And there's other times where parents have said, oh, this is the first time my kids said a word since their accident. Or this is the first time they actually sat up or got out of bed. So those like little moments like stick in your mind like this was awesome. This was a good day. 
Yeah, that's really powerful. So how long have you been a therapy team together now then? Four years? Four, yeah. So I started April of 2018. So yeah, wow. I mean, we had 2020, that kind of pulled us away. We had to do virtual, which was different. Yeah. How was the virtual experience for y'all? Was it still through Phoenix Children's or was it different? Yeah, so it was. And they would broadcast us on the kids' TVs in their rooms, which was very okay. However, we could only hear them. We couldn't see them. You know, HIPAA, which makes sense because we're at home with our family. Sure. It was hard to get a dog to look at an iPad. Yeah. Bricks, you know. It was challenging, but, you know, we made it work. We did it every week. We signed up for a day and we would do it. Getting the dogs to do lots of tricks in front of the iPad, try to entertain the kids or dress them up. We have a lot of costumes, so I would just dress them all up. Do they have any favorite tricks that they've learned for therapy work or just in general? Yeah, nothing from therapy work. This is normal general stuff. Coco's her sit pretty. That's what she loves. She starts doing that in the kids' beds immediately because she knows there's treats in my pocket. <laughs> so cute. What do you enjoy the most about being a therapy dog team with your dogs? I enjoy actually going and the experience of it all. Some people say, I don't know how you can do that. Isn't it sad? Their moments are sad, but the moment you walk in that room, their mood changes so much. They're so happy. They're so appreciative. You know, they thank you. They have smiles on their faces. So it's like, you don't really feel that sadness per se. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And just how everyone is so grateful you're there for the 10 minutes that you are. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who's interested in becoming a therapy doc team? I mean, it's a lot of work, all the channels of everything, and especially depending on the place. Like Phoenix Children's, they just have a very large, long, extensive vetting process. You know, just keep pushing. It'll come through, and eventually it's worth everything. It's so awesome to keep doing it. That's really great. You know, for having four years of experience and persevering through the pandemic, and you're still saying do it, it's worth it. So. Yeah, I mean, we still have to wear masks. We don't have to wear the goggles anymore, which is great. But it's like you forget about that it's on. I can't even imagine having to be in the hospital and not even allowed to leave your room, to even go down into the playroom, not allowed to have pet therapy or the music therapy or all the other things that they have at the mm -hmm. hospital for them, especially the kids that have to stay a long time. So it's a big deal for them to get a little break. Definitely. Well, you mentioned that they, in addition to tricks, they also have a lot of costumes. What is their Halloween costume this year? I have to ask since it's Halloween right now. We did two contests this past week. On Saturday, they were killer bees. And then my oldest daughter and I dressed up as the hangover. And she was Alan. Cece was the baby, Carlos. I was Stu with the pulled out tooth and Coco was the tiger. I love it. Is there anything else that you wanted to share while you're here, Katie? Anything else about your experience that stands out to you or anything that you wish you knew when you got started that maybe you learned later? I don't really think there was anything I wish I knew. I think I went in with wanting to know first. I mean, I asked a lot of questions and I did my process of seeing if this is what would be good for me and for my dogs. I recommend doing that, you know, starting out and just kind of seeing what it's like before you just, I mean, I'm 100% sure I wanted to work at PCH. So I, I was like, all right, I'm going to be here. I need to find out when my dogs can be here too, you know? Yeah. Some people like to do other places and that's amazing. I think that's so cool. I think the airport would be fun, but I don't know if that would be good for my dog, for Coco, because she doesn't like large crowds and large noises like that. Yeah. That's so important to know where your dog is going to be able to thrive. Yeah. What were some of those questions that you asked in the early days when you were trying to decide? 
kind of like what the training and, you know, people would tell me, I'm like, where did you train your dog? And I got the different trainers or classes at PetSmart and stuff. Like people told me where to go. It was more seeing this is it. And also like the vaccines and stuff where Coco, like today, she just was at the vet and had a titer done because Pet Partners doesn't accept titers for rabies, but PCH accepts it for her parvo distemper. Why should I ask? Like, I don't want to keep doing this for my five pound dog. You know, if she has it, then we're good. And we had that done today. So these the questions that I want to keep in, like for my dog, they're, they're my babies. I want to keep them healthy and living as long as possible. Yeah. What made you decide to go through Pet Partners? Well, Mary Lou at Phoenix Children, who runs our program, I asked. And I guess we accept three. And Pet Partners is the one she first said. And I'm like, all right, I'll just do Pet Partners. The other one was Alliance or something. I don't even remember the names. I was like, okay. I remembered the name. And I put it in the computer. And I just started reading up. And then I'm like, all right, let's just start with the training and like yeah. the classes and all the stuff that you have to go through. Cheyenne says Mary Lou is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I told you this, but Cheyenne was the one that was like, you need to have Katie on here to share her story. She referred you all, but I know she and Tiana and Marty are through Alliance and Tracy and Roger and Sal are through Pet Partners. So I was like, you must have a choice there, but that's why I was curious which one you selected and why. We do. When I joined in 2018, so there were three. I don't even know. I just know Pet Partners, you know, but I do think that when my dogs are due for their next one, because of the rabies, I might do the Alliance because they allow the tighter. Okay. I just think that my five pound dogs need rabies every three years. Okay. That's an interesting thing to consider, right? If being yeah. able to use titers is important to you to know which organizations allow that. Right. If they need it, obviously I'm okay with giving them the vaccine. I just, I don't think they need to keep getting it if their bodies have it all in there. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a really good point for consideration. And, you know, I think those questions are so important, both when it comes to what environment is right for your dog and what organization meets the different needs that you have. So I really respect the fact that you were able to find a way to be an escort for other teams and make sure the environment was going to be good for your dogs and that you were sure that that was the right fit for you. And then, you know, making sure that the organization you selected met your requirements. So it's yeah. really great. All right, Katie. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. If people want to see those killer bee costumes, I'm guessing they're over at Coco the Maltese dog. Well, you haven't posted them yet. I think she's posting it today. I don't know. All right. Well, there's lots of cute pictures of Coco and Cece there if people want to give you a follow. I'll post it on my account, on my story. Okay, there you go. And yours is Katie, K-A-T-E-E, -E, and it's a Lochner? Lochner, L-A-U-C-H-N-E-R. <laughs> okay, Lochner, sorry. All right, so they can find the killer bees there and check them out. Very cool. All right, well, have a great rest of your day, Katie, and thank you so much for sharing your story and for spending time volunteering with your dogs. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for having us. Of course. Bye, take care. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Therapy Dog Talk. If you did, please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on the podcast platform of your choice. If you have a guest that you think would be a great fit for Therapy Dog Talk, send me an email at hello at therapydogtalk.com. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week.